<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. When I heard that there was a new history of the world in the works at Hulu, I'll admit to being just a little skeptical. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Mel Brooks and the original History of the World Part 1. You remember it. There's that iconic scene where Mel Brooks comes out as Moses holding the stones with the commandments from the Bible. He's got those, you know, three stones and then he drops one. The Lord Jehovah has given unto you these 15... Or even the song about the Spanish Inquisition. It's perfect. The Inquisition, what a show. We know you're wishing that we go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay. It's just so funny and stupid and like oddly informative about history. I mean, don't base your knowledge of history on this film, but still. Anyway, I waited to see what Hulu's History of the World Part 2 was all about, and guess what? It's good. It's really good. It's so good. I spoke with Nick Kroll, who also produced it, he co-produced it with Wanda Sykes and Ike Barinholtz, among others, about what Mel Brooks means to him, why it was essential for Mel Brooks to be involved in this new iteration, and how, at 96, Mel Brooks is still going strong and is just as groundbreaking. I'm telling you, we covered a lot of ground in this chat, including how Jay Ellis of Top Gun Maverick fame is the perfect person to play Jesus because, well, he's just so darn attractive. Also, you'll want to listen to the very end of our chat because I revealed something to Nick Kroll that kind of leaves him speechless. I mean, it was a very revealing moment. I'm just saying, you're going to want to hear that. So go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back with Nick Kroll. And while you're listening, if you're so inspired, perhaps consider going and leaving a little rating and review wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, because that really helps. And stick around after my chat with Nick to find out who I'll be chatting with next week. Spoiler alert. It's a really big episode. It's a big guest. It's big, 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 big. You're going to want to know who that person is, but you'll find that out at the end of today's episode. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one. In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. 
CarMax, the way car buying should be. Why do you think now is a good time for like a sequel to the history of the world? It seems like the perfect time for it, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I think well, there's two ways to start it. I mean, I think in general, culturally, right now, we are taking a fresh look at history. And from so many different perspectives and points of view. And obviously Mel was doing that 40 years ago, and he's really been doing it throughout his career when you look at his whole body of work. And while Mel is not overtly political, his target has almost always been like those in power and how they are largely dumb and greedy. (laughs) Um, And so I think doing this history of the world part two now fits very well within what Mel was, has always been doing and what we culturally and as a society are doing more and more of. Um, and so it felt like the, it was, it was well aligned to take another look and reexamine some, some big events and, and people in history. Also, how rad is it that someone he's 93, right? Mel, he's 96, 96, at 96 years old. He has sort of the foresight and the awareness of what's going on to be like, we should probably be telling this story from different perspectives now because it's the time. Yeah. 96. We we need more 96 year olds to maybe think that way. <laughs> no, he he's he had he has jokes involved throughout the show. And, you know, we obviously worked with him and ran every big idea, big and small by him. And and, you know, we we did the first read through of a bunch of the sketches and he said a bunch of things, but one thing he said, and and he said, we're going to get some letters about this and that's good. Yeah. You know, he, he's not afraid, you know, he was never afraid to sort of be risque. And, and I think, I hope that we have, you know, continued to be provocative, but also, you know, in Mel is not overtly political, Yeah, you know? So I think our, our goal was to be, continue to be provocative, but not necessarily preachy and political inside of what we were saying. Definitely. What can we expect from the from the new iteration? I think it's, you know, first you can expect like an insane cast. Yeah. Um, you know, we've assembled some just massive comedy super superstars. Obviously, it's, you know, me, Ike and uh, Baron Holtz and, and Wanda Sykes, who are producers and, and star in the show. But, you know, then you've got just an incredible cadre of, you know, Jack Black as Joseph Stalin and from like Jack Black as Joseph Stalin to, you know, Johnny Knoxville as Rasputin to Taika Waititi as Sigmund Freud. But then like, you know, Zazie Beetz as Mary Magdalene and, and, and Quinta Brunson as her sister and, um, uh, Jay Ellis as, as Jesus and Jay Ellis is a perfect Jesus. He really is. I mean, yeah. he is Jesus esque in his. I mean, he, Jesus he, should be hot, and Jay Ellis works in that department. Jay Ellis is hot, yes, and also holds himself in like he. It's like I guess when you're that attractive, you can be that kind. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, and he is. He's just lovely, and and just played. I think played Jesus, and and you know, for him, I think it was fun because you see, it's all of these different versions of Jesus, you know, and. Um, any, whether it's, you know, curb your Judaism, which we did sort of a, a curb your enthusiasm parody, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, the Beatles get back documentary parody to, or I wouldn't say parody as much as homage to the notebook, 
where he's sort of more of like a, you know, kind of a fuck boy. Um, <laughs> he's just so versatile in, in what he can do um, and, and can play all those genres well. And, and Zazie as well in, in, in her role as Mary Magdalene. Um, so it's, it's, I think you, the, the cast is insane. Pam Adlon plays my wife in, in the Russian revolution and Jason Alexander, of course, is plays Maurice Cheeks notary public uh in 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 the civil war but i think so you've got this insane group of talented uh performers but then it's like kind of the stories you know but not from the angle you always think of them as you know whether it's noah's ark or the story of jesus and mary or the civil war or you know shakespeare's writer's room you know with josh gad or you know all these different kinds of things um you know that it's you know, Ronnie Chang is Kublai Khan and, and Marco and Jake Johnson is Marco Polo. These classic stories, but with, you know, hopefully a, a sort of a fresh, funny take on them. How did you get all of these? I mean, Mel Brooks's films are known for the random people showing up. But how did you get like all of these stars? You know, comedy is, I think, really a game of comedy. So much about it is relationships and between you know, Ike and Wanda and myself, we have a lot of relationships in comedy. Um, and, and also just Mel Brooks's name just brings in so many people, yeah. you know, people contacted us. Uh, Hannah Einbinders on hacks was like, you know, made it very clear early on. She's like, if there's anything that in this, like, you know, Mel is my hero history of the world is my favorite movie, you know? And so we're like, we think about it and then you're like, all right, we need Amelia Earhart. Hannah would be great with, yeah. with Wanda or Johnny Knoxville is Rasputin. Johnny was like, made it very clear to me. I would just want to be a part of this. And it was like, well, who's better for that than this. And my favorite casting. And I have a little bit of relationship and Wanda's known him forever, but my favorite casting is George Wallace, the comedian uh, as George Wallace, the <laughs> racist Alabama, white racist Alabama governor, George Wallace. Yes. Uh, for me and also Marla Gibbs yeah. in, you know, like the idea that we got Marla Gibbs to be in a sort of Norman Lear esque, uh, homage, you know, uh, to, for the Shirley Chisholm story. And I, you know, there, there are those castings that from tickle me tremendously. What I love about it is that there is this sort of this, this back and forth between, you know, people you would expect to see in a Mel Brooks comedy, you know, like yourself and Wanda, et cetera. But then having like, this deep cut nostalgia moment with Marla Gibbs mixed with like Jay Ellis off Top Gun, the biggest movie of last year. I mean, it's just such like a, these things don't add up, but yet somehow it works. Like Mel's movies where you've got, you know, Harvey Corman and Madeline Kahn and, and Dom DeLuise as these sort of recurring characters in his ensembles. And then you've got like, you know, these incredibly fine actors mixed in or, you know, Peter Boyle is Frankenstein or, you know, and, and throughout the show, you know, we really try to pay homage to Mel, all of Mel's movies. It's obviously history of the world, but inside of that, we are also referencing his, the, what we, we, we start, we called like the Mel Brooks universe, the MBU. So there is, yeah. if you, if you're familiar enough with his work, you're going to hear jokes from the producers. You're going to hear jokes from, you know, young Frankenstein. You're going to hear jokes from Spaceballs. You're going to hear jokes yeah. from, uh, and then obviously history of the world, like sort of like little Easter eggs and callbacks mm -hmm. and, and, and putting the cast together the way we did of, you know, it was amazing that, you know, Jay was kind enough to do this and like 
you know, he's in the middle of a literal world press tour for the biggest movie in the world and then coming in and pretending to be like some weird version of John Lennon Jesus. <laughs> but I think for for him and, and Zazie, you know, like who do some comedy, but also, you know, are doing drama, getting in there with like Richard Kind and J.B. Smoove. It's such a I think it was a real fun departure for them to kind of be able to play in, in these spaces and even like, you know, Emily Ratajkowski, you know, coming in as the eventual, yeah. I don't know how far into the series, what you, what you saw, but she was like, yeah, this sounds like it would be fun. She was like, I'd love if there was a little more than just the, like the, you know, the hot girl thing. And people, I love when people come to us with that of being like, is there something a little more in this to make it just yeah. slightly more interesting? And then it just challenges us to do that. And then we're, you know, then we find like just that extra little moment that hopefully makes it a little more interesting and, and nuanced. Definitely. What influence has Mel, Mel Brooks had on your comedy just in general? I mean, there's just nobody more important to me in forming my, my comedy sensibility, the, my rhythms uh, only in retrospect, I realize how much of my work sort of is driven by genre and, and sort of, again, less parody and more homage because when you watch his movies obviously like you watch history of the world and you're like oh he loved swords and sandals movies so you're going to have this whole roman empire he knows them inside and out he loves busby berkeley so you're going to see like a perfect inquisition busby berkeley number he loves horror films so you're going to see in in young frankenstein it's just beautifully executed it's not just parody it's it's so much deeper and richer than that and so i think i hope that my work when you look at it, 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 it feels like that, you know, um, beyond just the rhythms and the, the jokes that he's making and, and, and the broad, big jokes that are, are he's, you know, he's man, he manages to also always had these like visual, very funny visual jokes that are, you know, sort of fun visual gags, but then, and then also just incredibly precise, funny writing. Um, and, and, just he's just a massive influence on me. Yeah, I mean, thinking of this, I cause I love I love history and I love finding the humor <laughs> in history. And what do you think is the funniest period of history for you? Mm. Like, if you had to, if you had to pick one, well, you know, I think like I mean, I think the Bible is really rich. Yeah, you know, the New Testament and the Old Testament, and you know, we we scratch the surface with with Jesus, the story of Jesus. But having, you know, because it's just so deeply important to so many cultures. Yeah. And and there are so many funny, there's just so many interesting stories that we all sort of know and take for, you know, we learn when we're kids. Mm -hmm. And then many of them we take for granted. And then you go back and you're like, wait, what was going, what what was that story? (laughs) Or, you know, they all seem familiar. And then you go into it. And again, we just scratched the surface with like Noah's Ark, Seth Rogen as as Noah and and the story of Jesus. But, you know, it's never ending. Um, so that that period is is funny. I mean, the hope is really any period can be funny. Yeah. And we we tried to we really tried to cover a broad swath of it. And, you know, look, our show is for an American audience. So we had to have stories that felt that would feel familiar to an American audience. So the, the areas and subjects were pretty focused on stuff that hopefully Americans will understand and, and mm-hmm. have some some context for yeah the funniest bit the bible is i mean i'm i'm jewish and i don't really 
know much of the New Testament, but there is a moment that I learned over the way that is the funniest when doubting Thomas or Thomas, Jesus comes back or something. And like Mm -hmm. doubting Thomas is like, I guess doubting Jesus. I don't know. And Mm -hmm. Jesus says like, stick your finger in it, meaning his wound, but it is the funniest line I've ever heard from the Bible. Like it is such a inappropriately funny line it's so funny. from the Bible. Yeah, we we have doubting Thomas in here as well. Of just like you know, but again, that's more of just a Mel joke of like I doubt it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you, you just have those little things that again, as also as a Jew, like a lot of the Jesus stuff was kind of new to me. Or or and and also I needed someone to be like, hey, can we make this? Can someone tell me? Is are we? You know what I mean? Like have we gone too far here? Yeah. And, you know, you needed, I needed some of our not our, our non-Jewish Christian <laughs> folks to be like, I think this is okay. We'll see. You know, um, Mel Brooks never really worried about that, though. I don't think No, so. he didn't. And, you know, we'll see it. It's, it's been interesting seeing people, you know, with the announcement of it, you know, because the, the word is always like, you could never do a Mel Brooks movie now. Or you could never mm-hmm. do it. Da, da, da. And, and I hope we've, I hope that we've shown that you can, that you can be, you can be provocative and, and, yeah. and take some risk, but also be, you know, aware of what time and in culture that you're making something. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Mel Brooks movies, I mean, if you outside of history of the world, if you could be in any Mel Brooks movie, which would you choose? Which is your peak? Oh, I mean, for me, the the original producers film, like I, I started my family owned history of the world on VHS. And that was big for me. And then I started watching Blazing Saddles when I was very young and I was probably like 13 or so when I started watching the producers. Yeah. And I watched that movie. When I tell you, I watched that movie 500 times. I, 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 I love it. You know, and there's a moment in the show where I'm having a scene with Pam and it wasn't planned, but she's sort of I'm on the ground and she's on top. And, she, and I was like, Oh, like you're going to jump on me. I, I basically do that moment in the producers. You're going to, you know, <laughs> like Leo Bloom does with Max Bialystok. And I was like, Oh, this is the closest I'll come to being in the producers. But my first almost first job ever in Hollywood was I was an extra in a, when Larry David, when curb, when Larry was playing Max Bialystok on Broadway, I was a crowd. I was an extra in the crowd. And so I guess now doing this, doing history of the world, you know, where I'm doing a homage to the producers and doing Curb Your Judaism. I've, I guess I've, my, my whole career has come full circle at this point. I mean, I have to say one of the things going into this interview with you, cause I've always wanted to tell Mel Brooks this, but I don't think I will, but I feel like it's, you know, you being a comedian, I could actually tell you this. I lost my virginity to Dracula dead and loving it. It was in the background when <laughs> that happened. And it is the most influential Mel Brooks. It's probably the least influential Mel Brooks movie, but for me, it's the most influential. That is, I'll, I'll, I'll tell him. I, I'm Thank sure you. he'll get a kick out of it. Tell him the Jew lost his virginity. You know, Dracula. Doesn't I will. Him. That's really funny. I don't think. I don't think he ever. I don't. You might be the only person. Well, yeah. no. I guess I'm that's sure I am. Sexy goth. It's some sexy goth vibes, you know what I mean? So I guess it makes Probably. I'm sure there are others. Yeah, maybe. Well, my last question for you is this year, this past year into now, you've had your stand-up special, Don't Worry Darling, like Big Mouth. There's so many different diverse projects sort of happening mm-hmm. for you. What are you most eager to do next or that you want to do that's on the horizon? I've been so fortunate throughout my career, but I guess you're right. This last year has been such a I've gotten to do such a broad spectrum of, of work. Um, 
And I'm, I'm building a production company um, and helping other people develop and make shows. And so I think I want to keep acting and making animation, obviously, and, and doing this, you know, bigger comedy sketch stuff like history of the world. But I really am excited about building a company that helps myself, but others produce and make film and television. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've now, I'm like far enough into my career where I think I have a pretty good sense of how, how, how to make things and help, help people make things and help people navigate, um, the process of, of making shows and films. Um, so that is very exciting to me. Um, and I really, honestly, I'm just excited about continuing to be able to do the broad spectrum of work I get to do because anytime I get to do something like history of the world, it's like, you know, I, I, my roots are in sketch and, and historical related sketch and it's really fun. And, but then when that's done, I get to go, you know, go back to, to go do some acting or, or continue to make a uh, big mouth and, and then go, you know, act in someone else's project. Like, don't worry, darling. And I think the variety of, of work is what keeps all of it continues to be so interesting and exciting. Yeah. Um, and I, I know I'm incredibly fortunate to have all these different kinds of opportunities. Definitely. Well, I have a pitch for a show about a kid who loses his virginity to Dracula dead and loving it. If you need <laughs> I mean, it sounds, I mean, it's available. Frankly, it sounds like a big mouth episode. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> get that. mail on it. If you see it in four years on an animated show, <laughs> I'll, I'll send you my lawyer's info and you can sue. Great. Perfect. Great. Well, thanks so much for chatting. Thanks. I'll, I'll pass along that Mel's movies, uh, later films are the major aphrodisiac for a young, young I mean, man. it was a, I will admit it was accidental. It wasn't an intentional inspiration, but it was on in the background and now it's just planted. It's in there. Yeah. It's planted. Well, congrats. <laughs> well, thanks. Have a great day. You too. Take care. You know, my mother always said that I overshared things and I'm just now realizing she was right. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. I hope you went and rated and reviewed the podcast. I would really appreciate that. If not, go now and do that wherever you're listening. And for the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're at Newsweek, be sure to subscribe to Newsweek's For the Culture newsletter. In fact, I'll be dropping my annual Oscar predictions exclusively on this Thursday's newsletter. I do it every single year. I love it. This is my week. I love the Oscars. And my predictions will be in this Thursday's newsletter. So go subscribe. And on the next episode, ooh, this next episode is going to be huge. I'll be chatting with the original influencer herself, Paris Hilton. I basically spent 24 hours with her, more or less. And it was just a wild ride that I can't even explain to you. I mean, I'm going to in the episode. You have that to look forward to. But, whew. I'm still coming down from that. An amazing interview. You're going to want to hear that. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. After being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. 
Wow. She's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling, and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.